Welcome back to Pastor Plex Podcast, where I am the guest host for today, Pastor Joseph Aiken. I am here, live from Austin, Texas. I'm doing my best, <laughs> Pastor Plex. Not working. But I'm here with uh, James, Pastor James Foster. What up, what up, what up? He's doing his best, Joseph. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I and also here with the uh, I gotta think illustrious, uh, Miss wow. Katie, Miss Katie Sass. Sass, yes. Yeah. Oh, you want to say your last name too? Oh, I was thought you were. Chris always says Katie Sass. Oh, I don't know. I, I was, was like just waiting. I was like, do I respond? No, it's fine. I'm here with just Chris is out. He stepped out. I don't know what he has, and he <laughs> let me sit in the hot seat, but. We're here this morning. Any updates on life and just things going on? James, we're talking about your sermon. What you got going on, sir? Yeah, I'm excited about uh, sharing a little more from the message that we talked about yesterday. Teach us to number our days. Teaching us to number our days. Before he did that, Katie, just what was your first response when you heard James up there preaching? Like when your, your thoughts after the sermon, before you even go, you can tell the truth here. Well, know, first I thought, space. what a great shirt. Mm. Like I thought you looked very pastory in your <laughs> the like, first you first had part, like yeah. a great get up there. Mm-hmm. And so normally you don't look pastor. Well, <laughs> I think that Past you couple times I think you've, you've upped, upped your style a little bit. Like you don't you wear your tennis shoes anymore. You wear like like a level up of tennis shoes mm-hmm. and you wore like a button down. So it was good. It was good. Um but no, I think I, I was telling you actually earlier, I wish that you would have told a little more personal story, but you did have like a big chunk of text to go through. So, you know, I understood I was processing that the whole time you were preaching like, well, you can't really like tell real life story right now because, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a lot. Yeah. But well, you had a lot to unpack. Absolutely. And for me, the personal stories and illustrations, I always want to bring in last. And so I was definitely, uh, and if I have to prefer one, the text or the stories, I usually lean towards the text and spend a little bit more time there, but might be because and that's my, probably my own good. preferences. Yeah. Yeah. The personal yeah. stories pull me in. Not bash, not bashing the personal stories, but, but my... I lean towards that. I yeah. gravitate yeah. towards that. Yeah. And I'm all about personal stories. Yeah. Bring them in. Some people like the Bible. Some people like stories. You know, it's good. Uh, James, <laughs> I don't know if that's a, no, no, a, a, no, no. a slug. Just kidding. James just slugs kidding. at me right now, everybody. Oh, but gosh. on that note, we're going to transition to jo- James telling us about his sermon <laughs> so I can start throwing some slugs at him. Uh, no, but James, tell, give, us, give us the recap of the sermon and like kind of how God kind of led you down the path of how you how you brought it to us. Yeah, so we landed on uh, Psalm ninety twelve, which says, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. And that text uh, kind of frames Moses's life, that he had this prayer that he would ask God to teach him to number his days. And then we looked at Moses's life at three separate times where Moses was flippant with the way he was living his days. He wasn't numbering them. He kind of learned how to number his days properly. And then later on where God numbered his days because he was living in disobedience um, and he made a terrible decision. And so uh, it was kind of fun to look at Moses's life. Uh, There's like an endless supply of Moses stories uh, in the first five books of the Bible. Well, you know, Exodus through uh, that. But uh, 
also you can look at Acts and you can look at Hebrews and there's all sorts of other fun places to interpret Moses and his story too, which is pretty awesome. That's good. So can you tell me just remind the people and the, li- the <clears throat> listeners and myself, what were your, your three resists? Like what did you want people to know? And uh, yeah. Yeah. So God wants us to number our days, which means uh, we want to, we use this uh, illustration of a hourglass. And basically with this, there's a set number of, uh, grains of sand in here, uh, which represent the days that will be here. And then there's an amount on the top, which is uh, the time that we have left. And then there's amount on the bottom, which represents the time that's already been spent. And so for us to number our days, that means living properly throughout that, uh, n- ordering our lives in a way that would honor God throughout that. And the first reason we resist that is maybe when we're younger, we say, you know, I've got a lot of time ahead of me. I'm too young to care. Um, YOLO, right? You've got this attitude of, I want to do what feels best when I want it. Don't Mm -hmm. tell me how to live my life. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was literally my attitude towards faith and Christianity that I, uh, I'd figure it out when I got older. I I didn't really want to put a whole lot of effort or time into it. I thought I could live a better life on my own. And so uh, I lived in rebellion to God for uh, a season there in high school and beyond high school. Uh, where I said, let me do it my way. And uh, the second reason that we talked about is I'm too busy to think about it, which I would say is very similar to our season now, right? Where you're kind of uh, going through life, you've got your priorities, you're you're doing what you want to do, but you don't actually want to be thinking about how to properly number your days. Uh, I talked about the screen time report, mm-hmm. right? And how <laughs> that can be convicting. Um yeah, but also, right. So I just turned it off for a long time because I just was tired of my phone telling me how much I was on my phone, yeah. which is funny because it's just, it's just a number. Right. But also, um, it's okay. There's grace obviously. Uh, and you want to know where you're spending your time so that you can properly use your time. Yeah. I really liked, uh, Cause you, I think even when you were talking about that and also talking about the app with your kids and you can explain a little bit more about that, uh, shortly, but you talked about like our, va- our habits should reflect our values mm-hmm. and you got into that. I don't know if you did the second service as well. Uh, but I really like that part where your habits should reflect the things you love. And if your habits don't reflect the things you, you love, then that's when you need to evaluate and look into and, and really pray about, okay, God, I want to honor you and, my habits don't reflect my love and, and what I'm doing and how I'm doing it and how I'm responding to you. So mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed when you were, were getting into that. But yeah, your thoughts? Oh, no, I I have been listening the whole time. And I was also wondering where you bought this uh, this <laughs> thing. <laughs> so. This guy, I actually got, uh, I think Melanie helped me choose it out because uh, I was deciding on on some different ones. Uh, via Amazon, and we we ordered it, and it's preaching prop, so it'll be here for years to come. Wow! So you was listening, and that's what you was thinking about. I was yes, I got very distracted, and I just kept watching thinking, the wow, grains. Of sand. I wonder where he bought that, and I was watching the sand. Yeah. So what, Katie? For you, when you after hearing the sermon and the, knowing the numbering of our days, and thinking about Moses's life, what's your takeaway? What's the immediate, like, hey, this is my response to this? That I need to live purposefully each day. It's good. To, to not just coast, uh, to not just go day by day, but to know each day has purpose and God has 
a plan for everyone's life each day, each moment. And I want to walk in that. What does that look like? Because, I mean, it sounded sounds good. It sounds cute. Yeah, it does. It sounds cute, but what is? I mean, we. Well, I know I'm supposed to do stuff, and I know God's called me to some things. But what does that like look like for your daily life? Because you've known, like, I've spent a lot of time just podcasting alone, just switching. It's like, oh, you know that already. What does that look like? What What's changed? I think being sensitive to the Holy Spirit is really important for me, and knowing that when I am in tune to walking in the Spirit, then I'm going to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be experiencing and listening to what God is wanting from me moment by moment, hour by hour, um, whether I'm clinging to him to be a godly mother or I'm clinging to him or I'm being sensitive to um, conviction to be a godly wife, um, just little things like that. It's not, I think, when people think, oh, I need to live purposefully, they think grand, you know, Mm -hmm. grand, big gestures, really big things happening in your life whenever you look at it from a worldly perspective. But I think whenever we look at things, whenever we look at our day-to-day from a kingdom perspective, it's the little things that really add up, that really mean the most Mm -hmm. to living a life that honors God. That's good. Mm Mm-hmm. What about you, James? You preached it. Usually, I know for me, when I'm preaching something, God usually is dealing with something with that. And I know you brought up like screen time stuff. Was there anything else for you where it's like, man, this is impacting me because of? Yeah, we had a, we had a really busy week this past week with Mother's Day and then coming off that celebration. And then um, we, we had a couple of meetings in the evening as well. Uh, I think we had a meeting every night uh, this past week. And then uh, I was preaching and I was behind on my preparation and there was this this question of do I need to lock myself away so that I can like look impressive and preach a preach a really solid message um where a lot of that is comp putting my confidence in the wrong place right of like if I have enough time then I can do well I can I can um take care of this um but it's really trusting in God okay I'm going to do my best with the time that I have to prepare this and I'm going to take it seriously when I'm doing that and then ultimately bring it to God and say, okay, you got it. There's, there's gaps here, but you're going to make up that difference. Yeah. I don't want to willpower my way through it, which is kind of the mistake that Moses made, which we can talk about in a minute. Um, but I don't want to just will my way through it. I want to trust God with the difference. Uh, and then even Saturday night, um, we're getting ready to put the kids down. They're about to go down for, for bed. So I know that there's a big t- chunk of time coming up. Um, and I could have almost just said, no, like, uh, let me put, let me not go to dinner with family. Let me not eat dinner with family. Let me just get this extra few minutes. Um, Mm. but, but it was based on the conviction from this text. Like I want to take, uh, this seriously. I want to eat dinner with my family. I want to spend some time singing songs with them and, uh, playing the guitar and praying with them before they go to bed. Uh, cause that's, that's where my priority is. Yeah, that's good. I know for me, uh, hearing you preach that, days are numbered. I was like, man, God, how do I allow myself? Because, and you probably was about to talk about this part, but you text, you, you had texted me and said, hey, when you read this part of the text, and I, don't, I think it was Saturday mm-hmm. night, yep. so when you read this part of the text, what do you feel Moses' biggest mistake was? Mm-hmm. And so I read it, and it was about when he's, God tells him, hey, go to the people, call them together, 
and you know tell them whatever you like the tell them about the rock the, speak to the rock mm-hmm. and then water comes out of the rock and he he comes back he says he brings everybody together he, then he begins you rebels <laughs> like y'all suck like all this stuff that we done been through and you you worried about some snacks back when you was you know slaves and stuff and so my my thought immediately went to uh he asked me what it made me like think of and I'm gonna bring this up, but I was thinking of like a Kevin Hart stand up where his mm-hmm. mom gave him permission to cuss and use profanity. <laughs> and instead of saying the one or two that she said gave him, he said about 57. Right. <laughs> right. And it's like, that's where I thought, like, man, I do that with my relationship with God. It's like, hey, God, you told me to do this, but I wanted to add to as if I needed to add to what yeah. you were doing. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what the, this is the direction you pointed me in, but I didn't think your plan was good enough to yeah. achieve. Mm-hmm. In my mind, glorifying you the best. Mm-hmm. And so let me let the world know who you are in the way that I want to do it. And mm-hmm. so it's like I get in my own way. It, and, and it was Moses was like, he didn't he didn't listen. He's like, ah, oh, well, first part, pray, check. I went to God. I did what I was supposed to. He told me to do this. And I messed it up. Uh, and I didn't mess that part up. But I messed it up when I was doing the action items. And I really love when you talked about, hey, how God told me to solve a problem, regardless if it's the same thing. How he told me to solve it on yesterday doesn't mean how he's telling me to mm-hmm. handle it today. Mm-hmm. And sometimes because of that, we mishandle what God is giving us. And, and it's like, man, God, I don't want to mishandle what you're giving me. Like, I don't want to, like, drop the ball in this sense and be disobedient because I'm trying to add to uh, your message when you mm-hmm. don't need my help in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, because Moses followed the instructions from Exodus 17 in striking the rock. Uh, very similar instance, like they even call it uh, Meribah in, in both both places, and, and there's this because of the quarreling of the people. Um, but he took the instructions that he had gotten in Exodus 17 and applied them in Numbers 20, mm-hmm. and that wasn't what God had told him to do in Numbers 20. God had told him to speak to the rock in Numbers 20, and, and he— he basically said, okay, I know, God, you just told me what to do, but I'm going to operate in my own strength and do it this way that mm-hmm. I know that is going to maybe... And if you think about it, speaking to the rock shows like this is a miracle. God did it, clearly, right? Uh, hitting the rock, maybe there's a little bit of ambiguity, right? Of like, oh, Moses caused the water to come out of this rock. Um, and so it, there could have been some glory seeking in that. There could have been some self-reliance in that. There's definitely some arrogance and pride. Even though he had just fallen on his face in front of God, he got up and he was operating under Moses' strength uh, yeah. when he came out, and that was the problem, yeah. which we're all guilty of, right, of saying, hey, I, I know I know how to do this best. I know how to – let me take two out of the three things that you did and do those perfectly, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take control on this one. Well, and it makes me think of whenever we think we can add to the gospel, like with our personality or with flair or um, just we think because of who we are. I mean, I went through this whenever I first became a Christian and I was sharing the gospel. It's like, you know that the gospel is powerful on Mm -hmm. its own, but you think, well, I'm a really charismatic person. I, maybe I have this big enough personality or we think that like people with like really big personalities are very effective in sharing the gospel. And yeah, mm-hmm. they might be effective in, in clarifying and speaking the gospel, but God will use even the most in what is it? Eloquent, ineloquent, ineloquent, yeah. ineloquent person, maybe st- even stuttering the entire time through the gospel. Mm hmm. God will still use that. Mm-hmm. And so that just, that's what I was thinking of whenever 
Moses was like adding his own steps. Yeah. Like, sometimes we think we can add to the gospel. Hmm. So James, what is the, what do you want us to do with, with this? Uh, realize that life, our time here is very limited. We've got to know what is most important to us. I would say as a church, that's to love God, love people, make disciples individually. The call is very similar. Are you loving God? Uh, it all starts with that foundation of worship. Are you loving people? Uh, your, your relationships closest to you, your spouse, your children, are you faithful there? Uh, and then are you making disciples both in the home and out, outside of the home? Are you uh, recognizing your call, your identity as a disciple, and then living that out individually? And I think that that's where your joy is going to be most full as you're following him faithfully throughout your days, saying, I want to be faithful to you. I want to live this life that's yielded to you. But it takes that daily surrender, that daily yielding to God saying, Lord, I know what I want here, but what do you want? Um, and, and I think <clears throat> I, I, I'd say, especially for me recently, as I've been looking at like life and there's this urgency of like, okay, God, what you've called me to do, where you want me to go. Uh, I don't want that to be about comfort. I don't want that to be about convenience. I don't want that to be about, um, anything, but right where you want me to be. I want to be where you want me to be because I know that that's where my joy is going to be full. That's where you're going to show up and you're going to do amazing things like bringing water from a rock. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's real good. Thank you. Get out of your comfort and convenient zones. Mm -hmm. All right, James, we have another question for you. Yeah. Uh, first part of the question says, can someone be baptized again? And they're going on to explain. It says, if baptized as a young child, I've been living in sin or someone's been living in sin most of their teenage and adult life. Should they get baptized again? Yeah, this is a great question. Uh, so there's there's a little bit of a difference of opinion you could have if you're like in the pedo-baptism camp versus credo-baptism camp. Pedo-baptism being infant baptism, child baptism. Uh, you could argue, okay, well, if you're baptized, then you didn't really bring anything to the table. You weren't say you were you didn't bring anything except for the sin that required salvation. So God saved you here. You get baptized that way. Uh, or if you're credo baptism, it's a believer's baptism, which is what our church practice. Uh, we say the, the pattern that we see in scripture is there's obedience. There's, there's this faith and then obedience of baptism follows that faith. And so I would say for us, what makes the most sense is after you come to faith in Jesus Christ, you get baptized. Now, uh, with a, a story like that where you get baptized as a child, I'd want to hear more about uh, your baptism as a child. What did that look like? What led you to that place? Mm -hmm. uh, did you understand the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he came, he lived the perfect life that you could never live? He died on the cross for your sins. He rose from the dead. And have you placed your faith in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation? Yeah. And if, if you did at that point, then I would say baptism again doesn't make a lot of sense. But if you didn't understand it at that age and you understand it now, then I would say absolutely you should you should be baptized because you're a believer now. That's good. And you answered the other part of their question in that where they said, were you truly baptized? Did you accept Christ in your heart when you got baptized at a young age? That's yeah. good. Any thoughts on baptism, rebaptism, second baptism? Um, I had a second baptism. Tell us more. So I think, um, well, I got baptized when I was 11. 
I went to like a First Baptist church mm-hmm. as a kid. <clears throat> and I just remember they like had me repeat after them. Mm-hmm. And like I knew, I knew the words that were coming out of my mouth, but I didn't really like fully understand what they meant. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I remember when they had me say, and he died for my sins. Mm-hmm. I remember being caught up on that. Like as an 11 year old, like not really knowing, but I was like, well, I mean, this is, you know, a fun thing. This is like what everyone else is doing. Yeah. It's like cool. when people get baptized like in the church. It's like a big celebratory thing. Even though I want to make your family proud. Yeah. And like it was like a fun, exciting thing. So I was like, well, and I always wanted to know what the baptism looked like. Like I always wanted to like know what the the. Because in a Baptist church, they have like the glass at the front and mm-hmm. it's really, it looks really nice. So you and did it just to go in the back. I wanted to see what it looked like. Mm. <clears throat> so. So there might've been some other motivations there. Yeah. I really, I just thought this is like what I'm supposed to do, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I was also really curious to know what it looked like back there. So, um, and you wear the white robe and Ooh. all that stuff, but it wasn't like, I didn't know what I was doing. And so, so why did you get baptized again? I guess it was because when, that's when I fully understood the gospel mm-hmm. um, as a as a twenty year old. Um, so when I fully understood the gospel and understood that last line, you know, he died for our sins. I was like, oh, it clicked. Yeah, it's like that's what that means. And so then I felt like, okay, well, this is my real baptism. Hmm. When did you get baptized, James? Well, I was baptized in. March of 2012. Uh, so it was about a year after I come to faith in Jesus. Um, and it was a great experience. Um, wow, that's like a year before me. Yeah, crazy. Wow. So I um, I went to support a friend who was getting baptized, and then they opened things up for others if they wanted to come down. And then I came down, and then I had another friend who happened to be there uh, who like took some pictures too, which mm-hmm. was cool that I didn't know was there. Yeah. So a lot of, lot of uh, cool things. But basically, I, I hadn't had a... I'd come to faith in Jesus, but I didn't have a conviction to uh, take that next step of baptism yeah. until I went and saw it, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. I want to do this too. It's good. For me, uh, I was like six. That was the first time, last time. And I believe I believed. Mm-hmm. So... Short story, short, sure. Yeah. Well, that's good. Any other last thoughts? Um, no. With the with the, the sermon, back to the sermon. Oh, you got some more. My friend, uh, Kyle. Kyle, um, yes. Yeah, Mr. so Hubbard. I talked, talked about my, my buddy Kyle. So, so for everyone to know, uh, we're in the series, What's After ATX. We're in the last uh, week four of it. Uh, where James was talking about, like, we went through our first week, second week, we were talking about heaven, third week, talking about hell, and now we're talking about our days being numbered, kind of walking in purpose, uh, on purpose. But we, we've been showing uh, videos from this What's After ATX of near-death experiences of, of, of different people. And your friend was happened to be one of them. It wasn't like we went out and found them. It just happened to be one of your mm-hmm. friends. But go ahead. Yes. Yeah, so he, he had a testimony already recorded with this website, and he's got another one that's that's really good too that's uh recorded on another website uh that i can share um but uh he's got a great story he he had was living the dream life he um was an honor student at lake travis uh went to u of a um had pretty much everything he ever wanted um he was caught up in succeeding and 
that's what he did. That's all he, that's all he did. That's all I knew. Um, but then in the midst of partying and living that life, as well as, uh, studying biomedical sciences at U of A, uh, he failed the test and that kind of sent him down this spiral of depression of, Oh wow, I actually can't have it all. Um, and then he, he got to this place of dependence upon, uh, alcohol and, uh, his dad checked him into a rehab center to, to kind of detox from that. Mm -hmm. And then in that rehab center, that detox, uh, his heart actually stopped beating. And that's when he had the near death experience, which the, the video played, uh, which was pretty insane. Um, and so, uh, loved his story and basically through that crazy experience that he had, he, he had this moment of saying yes to God, uh, mm-hmm. of, of rededicating his life of, of saying, I, I don't, I had a hellish experience when I died, like he was clinically dead, um, and brought back to life. He had a, uh, hellish experience there and he, he said yes to God in the midst of that and then. Um, since then has been on fire for the Lord and dedicated his life to ministry and loving Jesus, which has been uh, a great encouragement because I've only known him since then. Yeah, um, it's good. It's okay. When you hear other people's stories, like the near-death experience stories, you watched the video yet uh, this past Sunday. What does that do for you? Does it do? Um, n- Nothing. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I watch them and I go, oh, that's kind of interesting. But then I don't really think about them again. Yeah. Like I don't, I'm, and I know that there are people that think that they're lying or faking or just want like attention or things like that. But I just kind of go, oh, that's interesting. And then don't Keep think moving. about it again. It's just yeah. not in my wheelhouse of things to care about. And so. You think because you don't know? No, it's just because it's so far above my thought process to to fathom that Mm -hmm. and so if i think really deeply about it then i might go oh well that doesn't seem real to me that doesn't seem possible to me but Mm -hmm. but who am i you know like who am i to think that so i just kind of don't think about it yeah and kind of go okay well you know that god they have their relationship with god that's not my relationship to think about or mm-hmm. to criticize or so, so nice. yeah it's good well yeah i thought it was a good story um i'm not like you where i don't think it's not real or i don't know or yeah i'm just kind of like okay <laughs> but, no that's cool now uh well thanks for listening to pastor plex podcast where we talk faith culture and everything in between if you want to be a part of this podcast you can text us at 737-231-0605 your questions you have in but you can also leave a voicemail and we will put your voicemail like out here and everyone gets to hear your voice with you asking the question how you want to ask the question uh have an awesome week of worship 